joining us on the line from Reader's Digest magazine. We say hello to Stephanie Verge. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. Stephanie, today we are going to look at an article from the current issue of the Reader's Digest magazine in the health section. Fibromyalgia explained why doctors are finally paying attention to it. This has been a poorly misunderstood uh, disease or condition for, for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And this is why we wanted to focus on it. So this is in our November issue, and uh, fibromyalgia is becoming, you know, an area of widespread research now. Um, but it's still, it's sometimes present in different ways for different people, and so getting a diagnosis can take a few years, and we wanted to let people know what they could possibly expect if they were diagnosed with it. And when they are diagnosed, or when they are looking at the more prominent symptoms, what would some of those be? Mm-hmm. So this is why it is difficult to diagnose because, you know, one of the main ones is pain spread widely around the body. So the thing with that is that, excuse me, I have a bit of a cold, is that that could be many things. Um, the pain is usually described as dull, constant, and without apparent cause. So people who end up being diagnosed with fibromyalgia do, you know, often get tested for multiple sclerosis mm-hmm. um, it, or lupus, for example, because they also suffer muscle stiffness, headaches, brain fog, fatigue, um, which are all things that are also associated with those two diseases. The sad part, though, it seems like they get tested for what it's not, but there's no way to test for if it is, in fact, fibromyalgia. That's exactly. So it's a process of elimination. That's, mm. that's exactly right. So no lab tests to confirm. Um, you know, there are ways to kind of narrow it down. Most patients are diagnosed in middle age, but that is not, um, that's not true for everyone. And the cause remains unconfirmed. So that's another struggle um, because you can't look at environmental issues or, you know, um, genetic issues to try and help pinpoint the uh, reason for the symptoms. So a popular theory is that it's a disorder of the central nervous system, that there's something that's gone wrong with the way the person's brain processes pain signals from the nerves. Um, But they don't necessarily show any external signs of their suffering. And so in the past, and this is this is why we're talking about it more now, but in the past, you know, medical practitioners often said that fibromyalgia was um, due to overactive imaginations, that it was mm-hmm. all, quote-unquote, in, in the sufferer's head, which can be, of course, extremely frustrating if you're dealing with long-term chronic pain. Absolutely. Well, and especially when it's an unknown reason why women actually develop fibromyalgia more significantly than men. That's right. And in one of our upcoming issues, we're, writing, we're actually working on a piece about um, the pain bias and how women's, women's pain is treated very differently than men's pain. And so, um, you know, that kind of compound, compounds the, the trouble with this issue here. Because we give birth, for goodness sake. If we can do that, yeah. we can handle anything. There you go. <laughs> uh, one of the things that, uh, that uh, I've always wondered is, is what do they advise people who believe they have fibromyalgia? Is it a matter of um, pushing the medical system to, to, to keep getting you checked out? Mm-hmm. So there's no known cure. Um, so what happens is the existing treatments are aimed at relieving symptoms. Mm-hmm. So doctors will um, suggest a, a few things. The The main idea is to try non-pharmaceutical measures first because, right. of course, using drugs over a long term, um, you know, like an NSAID, for example, that can 
you know, do damage to your liver over over a, a course of time. And so before turning to pharmaceutical measures, um, one of the most effective methods so far that's been studied is uh, to temper the pain, the, the full body pain that we were talking about, um, is graded exercise. So graded exercise means essentially you start slow and you ramp up over time. So whatever is an appropriate level for you, which can be quite moderate, and then and then you increase the difficulty levels, um, and that helps manage the condition. So, you know, it could bring mo- modest relief to a lot of sufferers. It's not going to cure it. As, as we said, there's no known cure, but it could help boost endorphins and reduce your stress and improve your sleep, um, and these are all going to help with uh, pain management because, of course, if you're stressed and sleepless, uh, your ability to manage pain mm-hmm. is reduced significantly. And so it's really just... We're, we're all trying to find out more about treatments and more about the disease. It's just bringing more knowledge and awareness to this condition. That's exactly right. So we had interviewed um, Dr. Gary McFarland, who's the lead author of the European League Against Rheumatism. And so they study fibromyalgia there. And what he told us was that there's really this, this great need to understand the condition, as you say, um, and it, that will allow medical practitioners to bring optimal care to these patients who for so long were being told that they either were not sick um, or that it was a psychological issue and not a physical one. It's a fantastic article. Fibromyalgia, I explained why doctors are finally paying attention to it in the recent issue of Reader's Digest magazine in the health section. And you guys also have great articles online as well, Stephanie. We do, and your listeners can check it out at rd.ca. Stephanie Verge, thanks for joining us here on Talk to the Town. Thanks so much for having me.